so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello and welcome to the Marseille View. I'm Stefan and tonight we've got quite a lot to talk about actually. Quite a lot, so it might be quite a long episode. Um, got plenty of major topics on the agenda, including the recent incidents at the club's training centre, the dismissal of Andre Villas-Boas, the Mercato, which closed a few days ago, and the resurgence of the Vantoem rumours. And we've also got one fixture to cover, which was last night's game against Lens. Uh, just as well that we've only got the one game to cover this week, though, because I think um, we've got quite a lot of meaty content to get through. Um, we've got a full house tonight, actually, so there's four of us. I'm joined by Jeremy. How are you, Jeremy? I'm good, I'm good, Stefan. Thanks for uh, having me again on the pod. Uh, fresh and early here in Australia uh, and ready to talk all things about our favourite clubs. Brilliant. And um, we've also got Ed. You all right, Ed? You feeling ready to... Let some things off your chest. Born ready. Born ready to discuss the Cirque de Freak, as that is what this club has become over the past few days. Very glad to be back on. <laughs> Brilliant. And Ben, um, how are you, Ben? Oh, don't, don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, good, good, thanks. And uh, yeah, I think we, you know, it's, it's about time for one of these group therapy sessions. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so because there's so much to discuss, we're going to mix up the agenda tonight. So instead, we're going to cover the game towards the end of the podcast. So we'll try to do things kind of chronologically, I guess. Um, I think the things that we're covering, they are more or less in date order. Um, So first, we're going to start with the the recent incidents at the the club's training centre, La La Commanderie. Um, Excuse my poor accent. Um, pronunciation, sorry. You'll all be familiar probably with these incidents because um, I think they kind of made global news coverage that I seem to see it popping up in quite a few outlets that don't normally cover OM. So um, so I, w- I will explain just briefly the history of, well, the backstory of these events on Saturday um, without really giving you a, a history lesson because there's quite a lot um, that's gone on to lead to, to this incident. So basically... Um, it was prior to the re- the rain game, which was on Saturday. I, I believe that fans had organised a protest at the training centre, and um, the club, I understand, were aware of the protest. Um, but the I, and I, from what I've read and seen, it initially started with fans. They were protesting, calling for the removal from for, from the president Echo, which is something they've been protesting about for a long time. And because of the poor relationship he's got with the fans and in particular the supporters clubs, um, who I guess feel that he's been he that he's targeted them with some of his measures or some of the changes he's he's bringing in, and that there's a sort of general feeling maybe that he's trying to remove them from the club's identity from the club's history. 
and then you know aside from that, this is a separate matter, I guess, from the fact that the actual results are really poor and his competency, I guess, as well, is also in question. So the incident, from what I'd read, was that there was flares getting lit, and then things kind of got out of hand, and we saw like some greenery was setting fire, mm. <laughs> and um, I, I believe that. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong about some of this. Um, I believe that they ended up storming through the gates and throwing projectiles at the building, and 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 in some cases staff. So in one report, that was talking about a player, um, Alvaro. We understood that it was hit by a plastic bottle. Um, it didn't get great coverage in the media, as you can imagine. So um, it was quite widely condemned by um, by journalists and 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 just yeah, and, and every and various places reporting it. And I guess it's also received varying responses from fans, from OM fans. So the, from what I observed online and, and some of the fan forums that I, 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 I look at and, and on Twitter is that there seems to be a bit of a division between fans. For so some that feel that this these actions were kind of absolutely necessary because of the change that's needed at the club, but others that feel that things had gone too far. Um, how do you guys feel about what happened on Saturday? Um, which is a very open question, I guess. But yeah, the floor's yours. I'll, maybe I'll pick someone to go first. Jeremy, do you, do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, look, I think, and I've spoken about it as well in uh, in my pod earlier this week. Um, I think it's like a lot of the answers, like you were saying about what happened um, at La Commanderie, where a lot of yay, but, and I think it's not a yay, but it's more like a yay, it happened, and let us, let's explain why it happened. I don't, I don't know if it was um, avoidable, something like this, because, uh, you know, as, as everyone knows, if it wasn't for COVID, um, the, the main protest the supporters would be would be to, like, not rock up into the stadium or to rock up 15, 20 minutes later. And that would almost be enough to be heard. But now that they can't do that, um, I guess they tried to find another way to, to be heard and to show how unhappy they are. Obviously, we all, we all agree that, going into the training ground where people that are not the players and not the coach are working and get scared for their life on Saturday is not the right way to go. And then burning a tree uh, at the entrance of the stadium, of the, of the um, training ground, sorry, is not the way go, to go either. Uh, but, but like I said on the on the podcast, and see, there you go, I'm saying yes, but um, I think it was a long time coming with how Aero has managed the institution. Um, and I think it probably was the only way the supporters saw an ability to actually be heard. Um, I, I think being staying at the door and not invading would have been enough. If you stay at the door and you put the flares up in Marseille, where the commandery is, you'd still have, we've seen this, those photos from up above when you see the, the smoke all the way around uh, La Commandery. I think the way it is, you could still see it without actually invading. Uh, by getting in there, I guess they had a bit of a, a shock value that maybe some supporters were looking for. Uh, I mean, for, 14 of them or eight of them, I think, are um, right now in jail up until the February the 24th. And when you when they talked about who who did it and the people, the the profile of those people, they come from all over France. They are between 18 and 50 years old. Um, some of them never did anything wrong in their life. But some of them have already been um, forbidden to go to the stadium for a year because of um, use of flair of things like that so it's a bit of a of a mixed match and I think it was not that much of an 
organized group trying to storm the commandery rather than um, a, a demonstration gone wrong because of three, four people being a little bit crazier than the other one. And then everything, everyone thinking it's a good idea to go in and show how, how unhappy we are. I guess, yeah, I guess in my mind, it all comes back, like you said, um, Steph, from the fact that right now we have bad results, that um, clearly everyone wants error to be gone, uh, but also the answer to the bad results wasn't great from André Villas-Boas, who said, um, who decided to answer a question from the journalist about his contract and saying, I don't think I'll be here next year. Wasn't great from, you know, the Payet, the Tauvin, uh, which are supposed to be our leaders that on the field have done nothing uh, in his last month and a half. Uh, mind you, Tauvin just called. Um, so I, I think it was like, it felt for the, the Marseille supporter, who we know, because we are it, uh, gets very frustrated and gets very emotional and your day is ruined if if the team plays badly and we know how much banter you get from everybody else um, in France when that happened. Uh, it felt like insults after insults after insults um, and then it, it led to, to what happened on Saturday. Obviously, I think we all condemn it. Um, I think we also all knew that if there was supporters in the stadium, uh, it would have been another story and, and it would have been, you know, 45 minutes of whistles or the supporters coming into the stadium like 20 minutes later. Thank you. Um, yeah, just for listeners, if they don't know, Jeremy's gave quite a like, detailed, quite an excellent summary, actually, of the of the events on his own podcast, um, which is League and Farmer's Corner. Um, so definitely worth checking out. Um, yeah. But yeah, Any, anyone Very else? Very good, yeah. Uh, look, Jeremy, you, you covered it, and it, um, I think you covered the situation, and you, you summed it up perfectly. Um, I'm, I'm not going to. I think there's so much to say about it. It was, it was bad. Um, it was predictable, um, and this has happened before in, in Marseille. It's bad that it got violent, but it's, you know, it, it seems like it was an, an inevitability. And when you say, when you ask, could it have been avoided? Um, apparently, the fan groups. Um, we're supposed to meet with Iroh on Monday last week after the Monaco game. And um, apparently the club had offered for some of the players to come along as well. And every fan group decided to boycott that meeting and not turn up. So it, that, that was the telltale sign that something like this was being prepared, that they feel that, that there's no more dialogue anymore possible between underperforming and, and overpaid lazy players and a president that... You know, quite frankly, he's gone from strength to strength, hasn't he? He 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 pissed all over the people of Marseille, and he's pissed all over the history of the club since the incident by saying that you know the 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 OM today that he's trying to build is not the OM of corruption and um, and cheaters. And he's like, fuck me, mate! How you know how far do you want to keep digging your own grave? Um, so. It's sad that it's happened. Um, I think the, the, the sadder thing, and I don't want to play devil's advocate here, but we know how, how repressive and, um, and, and anti-football fans that the, you know, the authorities are in France. I mean, for fuck's sake, they ban people from going to away games, you know? Um, so it's, it's just, it's, they're viewed as hooligans automatically, whatever happens, whatever club they support. Um, and it's, they're, they're going to make an example of these poor guys. And I say poor guys in the sense that, yes, it was violent. Yes, they shouldn't have done what they did. But come on, apart from a few broken windows, 
no, nobody died, nobody got injured, and and these guys uh, uh, being held in in temporary custody when you have rapists, paedophiles, and murderers that you know may, maybe get to stay at home until their trial. So it's just it's just very harsh. It is what it is. Um, I would have hoped that the club at this point would have reached out to these guys and said, look, we'll drop the charges if you do community service and you apologise publicly and you help us, you know, sort of um, get rid of these tensions and this and this, this angst and, and violence. But the club doesn't seem like it's going to do that. It all has made it a personal matter. It's sad, but it, it was necessary that the fans made their voice heard. Thanks. Um, Ed, have you got any... Thoughts do you want to add before we finish up on this section? Yes, I will add. Um, we've seen a notable amount of clubs with their ultras uh, go to their training ground and protest. Santa Tien fans did it uh, the same week where they were passionately held together, clapping, really getting into the players that you must do the business on the pitch. Uh, we had just before Christmas when Raymond Domenech was hired as the manager. Uh, they were playing the Kita Circus uh, music on the training ground itself. So it's not norm- It's not unusual to have protests at Ligue 1 clubs. But what I think we've seen, uh, we, we look at clubs, let's say in South America, we look at clubs in Italy, we look at clubs in, uh, you know, in, we looked at recently, a few years ago, in Sporting Lisbon fan ultras attack their players. We looked on in horror and disgust uh, that this was happening. We looked on in like, how could these so-called fans do this to their own players? It's disgraceful. It seems to me there was a protest and it went badly wrong because someone decided to have a point to prove and decided to stop throwing bottles at the training ground. You cannot do that. Unfortunately, whether you like it or not, they're your players. They're people who work at that club who've done nothing wrong. To attack them, to attack the building is an embarrassment and it's disgraceful and to cause vandalism to cause violence is not the right way of action you protest by deciding you know what we're not buying anything from the club stores we're not buying uh, om membership we're going to boycott until change is happening unfortunately some people just don't think like that i have sympathy for the innocent people who got caught up in it who were generally there to protest and say we're not happy with this we want change, get it sorted now. But there were people there who were violent, and those people, unfortunately, should be prosecuted and then tried, and then potentially go to prison. Because, unfortunately, if you vandalise a building, you get some sort of sentence. I think it's, it's rich from uh, Mr Erud to say this about the club's uh, legacy from the 90s, to basically take a massive dump on the early 90s, which were a, a glorious time for Olympique de Marseille, glorious time under Mr. Bernard Appi, who is not his biggest fan, as he was very critical of him on the radio shortly afterwards. But to say it was full of corruption, full of scandal, is absolutely insulting to the highest order. You do not say that about a club which, who had its greatest days in the 90s, who were the only real challenges to the great AC Milan teams of the 90s under Silvio Berlusconi. So unfortunately, I don't agree with Erud's use at all. I think he's adding fuel to the fire by basically provoking these fans saying, 
oh, I think your club's a load of crap. I think your legacy's tarnished. You know, if you said that as a rival supporter, there would be trouble. Eru gets away with it. He's on borrowed time and he's making it work for himself. He needs to rein it in and take a chill pill and sit down and weigh the, up the situation, not go charging in with ridiculous insults like that. I think, unfortunately, something will have to change. But I don't think being violent was, is going to be a good, re, good way to sort it. So I think, it, as well, we, it's not good publicity for the club. When, you know, we're being criticised by ex-players. We're being criticised by uh, most of the global media, and rightfully so. However, we've been compared to Millwall fans. The Millwall, Millwall hooligans, I should say, who have recently had a far from glorious reputation all over Europe. Unfortunately, a few bad apples caused the events of events of Saturday. I don't not all Marseille fans are like that and never will be. So it's a truly tragic and truly infuriating situation. Um, thanks. Um, I, d- I don't want because I, I recognize that we might all have slightly different views um, about this incident. Um, and it's quite a sensitive subject, to be honest. Um, so and that's fine. You know, I just want like, so I'll, I'll just kind of just finish it. I'll just say very briefly my own thoughts which were just that like I, yeah I was a bit shocked I, I was a bit disappointed um, because I, I thought it was, like you've all said it kind of went a bit too far but I get why people are frustrated and I understand that um, it does really feel like Ero um, is almost trying to cleanse the club of the, the, the people the community that very much exists to to represent, if that makes any sense, and that's that's not a, that's not a nice feeling to experience, especially if you're a, I imagine if you're a local person that feels very connected to this this club and and has in it, you know, plays a big part in your culture, um, and it does feel like that in some of the things he says. So you can understand, and it's very gradual, like that, that this is sort of developed. Um, you know, the various inc- 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 um, incidents and comments that he's made over time. So I understand that. But yeah, I agree and with everything you're saying. It, it, it wasn't great to see and it's not great. Uh, you've got to feel bad for the people that work there that even if they're just doing admin behind the desk in the building, that happening outside is quite a scary experience when it starts getting to the point where people are throwing objects at your building. Even if they're not at any real risk, it still quite can be you can imagine it might be quite a terrifying experience for people. So I feel bad for them. Um, but the thing that really bothered me about it more than the actual incident is just, just reading some of the reaction from some people. Not everyone, but I just saw a lot of comments online of people saying things. And, and this is like fans arguing amongst themselves, saying things, you know, some people saying they condemn it and other fans saying, well, you obviously don't understand Marseille or you don't know Marseille, that kind of stuff. And it's like, you can you can understand the situation, but not necessarily think it's okay, you know? And it just felt like it was bringing out a negative response among some people. Like we were, people were kind of divided about it. And I, yeah, and I just think that you you kind of touched upon it Jeremy, like, as much as you can explain what happens, and that might be what a lot of people are doing, but it's not, I don't, I I wouldn't want, I wouldn't like it to be an excuse to say, yeah, but Marseille is Marseille, so therefore that, this is why this happens and we must accept it. Because sometimes when things go a bit far, you know, you have to just 
call it out and say, well, actually, maybe shouldn't have crossed that line, you know. Yeah, I think, it, I think Steph, you, you've got it right. It's, you can explain what happened. You can't justify it. Well, Jeremy said it actually first, um, to be honest, but more, I, I believe. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I feel. And I just felt just a little bit disappointed by some of the reaction uh, that I saw. Just a, sm- a small minority, but that, that was all. Um, and um, anyway, so I, the, the one thing that we didn't mention, actually, which is pretty fucking bad is at least i don't i didn't hear it or maybe missed missed it if you did say it is that the way the club responded after the statement and comparing it to capital is just like i mean talk about digging a fucking grave for yourself man you know like i just i was it was i didn't think it was a very classy um response from McCourt and the club so it just makes everything worse and it just makes them look so more detached from from the community um so yeah uh, that was I'm, I'm really not convinced McCourt typed that up. no I probably not right? but, it reads yeah. like an ill community you know communique that he's got one of McCourt's guys to sign up or something yeah, probably. Right, anyway, we better move on because there's so much has happened, man. Um, but no, that was really good to hear. Every, everything that everyone said, I, I agree with, you know, even though he's all said slightly different things in, in time. So everything, everyone's got, you know, there's lots of, yeah, interesting views on that um, incident. Um, but yeah, so if that was not enough to fucking deal with <laughs> um, what, for how many days later two three two days later three days later um we got an even more shocking day so we somehow managed to top saturday on was it monday i don't know what date it was i'm forgetting but um anyway well, just, bit... just just mentioning sorry worth mentioning that the game was postponed on saturday ah, as yeah, a result absolutely. of what happened which uh, which is is just you know that sums up how bad it was. So not only have you, you had the horrible time, but your team's not playing for the weekend. And then um, it, it was Monday, Steph, the Makato finished. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. So basically on Monday, we were after a, a, a midfielder and we got one at the, end, at the very last minute. So Olivia and Cham um, were signed from Celtic. And then the following day, we had the press conference for the game so this was yesterday wasn't it was this yesterday I feel, I feel like my, the dates are all a bluff for me but we had the day Tuesday, Tuesday. Maybe, yeah Tuesday the morning. press conference was on Tuesday sorry for the game against Lance yep. and um, <laughs> Andre Villas-Boas kind of uh, dropped a bit of a uh, a bomb, didn't he? By announcing that he was pretty pissed off with that signing that the, the signing didn't correspond with the needs and what and it wasn't a, a signing that the needs of the team and it wasn't a signing that they had ag- agreed well that he'd approved sorry um so that he and he said that he was going to resign and i understand that this was unknown to the players at this point and maybe the club um at, at this point so it was a bit of a shock it was pretty reminiscent of um when bielsa also announced his resignation in a press conference um i'll just say before i let I give the floor to you guys, is that, and I know this is going to be a bit pernickety, maybe, but AVB's comments about him not corresponding with the profile of Sanson, that he wasn't replacing him with the qualities that they were losing with Sanson, I thought I didn't agree with, because we, I think we all probably agreed that that wasn't the kind of profile we needed in the squad, to be honest, we needed more of a playmaker. <laughs> exactly. So that part, I just kind of like, <laughs> shut up for me, you know, like, I get you're pissed off, but like, I don't really agree with you, so that makes me think even more that you're just 
That, but not that he's just, but it made me have a, a feeling of maybe he, this is him grappling on something to get out because he's pissed off at a billion other things. But anyway, um, what do you guys feel about this incident? <laughs> oh, I should, before I, I, I say as well, actually after the press conference, he, he um, the club basically dismissed him, they suspended him, so instead of letting him resign, they've suspended him until further notice, and they're going to sack him, I guess, officially, and it'll cost us money, so it's all a bit of a farce. But on you go. Just, I guess, a question for everyone also about that. Do you think that AVB actually resigned, or do you think he's just saying that at the press conference? I don't know. I mean, your guess is as good as it mean. Well, no, but I, I, I don't think he's the type of guy that would make it up. You can't say... You've resigned and not resigned, can you? In in football, you can't do that. It doesn't work like that. So, I think that they they have received his resignation. The, the club has confirmed they did receive his his offer to resign after the press conference. Um, they also deleted the press conference from their official um, oh, social media channels. Um, and yeah, I think I think he did resign. Um, but go go ahead, Jeremy. Go ahead. Well, I'm just wondering, like, if, if, he, if he did resign, and then maybe I'm just so far gone that I don't understand uh, French laws anymore. But if he did resign, then I don't understand the suspension behind it, because resignation... Well, so I was unless reading the... something on this. Yeah, sorry, I was reading something on, on French law. Apparently, even if you resign, it's not like in the UK, and, and I don't know about Australia, but in the UK, you resign, you can just walk away. You can just say, I found another job, or, or you know, I want to go, uh, I'm unhappy, or whatever reason. Apparently, in France, it has to... It has to fall into one of three criteria, which is either breach of contract by the, by your employer, um, uh, foot glove, which is um, you know gross gross misconduct mm-hmm. or gross error, and the third one is something um, it's, it's mutual consent. Um, so I, I I don't know if that applies to football, but it seems like the club have then used it as an excuse to you know to to suspend him and pending disciplinary action just to, you know, it's a typical hero move, isn't it? To preserve the image of the club and you can't badmouth your employer and it's just, it just seems to doing it for the sake of it. But, but hey. Surprising that one of the, the, the it doesn't, you, one of the reasons isn't say that you're unable to do your job because of impossible circumstances or something like that. That seems odd to me because that would be a pretty valid reason to resign in which case AVB would have been able to cite that as a good reason to resign, isn't it? If he well, I, I can't do his job, somewhere one of his complaints, yeah, one of his main complaints was beyond the, the signing itself was the fact that he wasn't told that Hadunich was leaving until after it was done, and he wasn't told that Encham was arriving. He found out in the newspaper on his way to to training on the on the, the, the Tuesday morning. So I think he's he's citing the the breach of process and the breach of trust has made his position untenable. And he he's working for that reason. I, I, that's my analysis. But hey, yeah, because I, I think I, I I agree with what you say, Ben. But I think that's to fire somebody. Those three, those three things. When you're resigning, I mean, clearly you have to give a notice period. But I, if I'm not mistaken, in France, if you're resigning from your job, you can resign from any job. If you want to leave, you want to leave. You just have to agree with your employer about is it one week, two week, three week notice. Anyway, that was just I was just like you said. I think it's probably arrow taking it very personally. Um, because he said what well, he said during the press conference, and then he just, they just suspended them to make sure that they could fire them to look better, I guess. 
um, in in light of what he had said. Um, as far as what Andre Villas-Boas had said, I was actually, I'm genuinely like disappointed and angry at Villas-Boas. Just, I understand the whole non-communication thing, but he's not a football player. He's not a member of staff. He's the team's manager. And as the team's manager, you have to work as a manager and sort of have trying to protect your team. So we know that he's quite, um, you know, selfish and he's, he, he said all along his uh, journey in Marseille that he couldn't wait to go and, you know, drive during the Paris-Dakar again or coach in Japan or coach in Brazil. So clearly he has a career plan and he always said at the beginning, and he was always honest, that he didn't want to stay more than two or three years in the same place. Uh, but I think then the day that it's become too hard and that you want to go and, and the very first, it's the, the first crisis he faces with Marseille, right? Because since he came in, he had six months where he rebuilt, one year um, where he basically was successful, kind of, last year. Uh, and then now, after six months, he has the first crisis, and he, and he walks. And to me, walking because Radonjic, I can, I can understand, you know, maybe you want him to go, and then Longoria sold him without communicating. But when Encham Cham comes saying, I said no to that player, what do you know about that player? You've only seen that player playing in different circumstances under a different coach in a different club. If if he's signed and you're not happy that he's signed, which is understandable, but now your club has, has bought it. I mean, you know, everyone, every one of us in our jobs have been put in a situation from our boss that we don't really like. We don't just go out on the mean. If we want to quit, we quit, but don't make a big deal and a big scene about it and blame a poor 23, 24-year-old, 25 now, sorry, uh, year old player who just arrived uh, in the club. I think that was a very, very poor form. And I think he could have stayed that sort of like hero of Marseille. You brought Marseille back to the Champions League. Um, if he had just said nothing about Encham, nothing about Radonjic, just that he disagreed with um, what's going on at the club. He did say a few times that he disagrees with the direction um, sports is taking in the club, so the sporting director, sorry, should I said. So I think it's definitely aimed at Longoria. So clearly Longoria and AVB don't get along. And Longoria, unfortunately for AVB, right now has that aura of I'm going to do amazing things at Marseille with no money, you know, Milik and uh, Lirola and, and now um, Encham. Uh, but but yeah, I, I was just... I was just really angry at the way um, AVB did it because we are three days after that big mess at La Commanderie. Everyone is already looking at the club um, like it's like it's a cirque. Uh, and then he comes in on the on the first presser after that event, and he doesn't find anything else to do than just um, saying that he resigned, and not that he resigned because he doesn't like the club, that he resigned because of Olivier and Cham uh, and Nemanja Radonic. I think it was like his way to find an easy way out. I think he knew very well that he would be suspended after saying something like that because he's been around Hero for a while now. Um, and I think, unfortunately for him, he's actually tarnishing, uh, tarnishing his own legacy uh, with OM because hot-headed, everyone's going to think that what he did was just wrong. And then even cold-headed in a couple of years, we'll remember Villas-Boas as the guy who sort of brought back Marseille to Champions League on the COVID year, then got only one point in a group where everyone was hoping to get at least five or seven, um, and then decided to quit because he, he wasn't happy with one player brought in. That's my take on that. 
Yeah, um, I didn't see the press conference. I just obviously read about what had happened. Um, but my understanding of what happened and opinion of it is pretty much exactly how you just described it, Jeremy. So I agree with everything that your your feelings about it. To be honest, I, I'm just kind of a bit disappointed in the way that it, it just maybe AVB's reacted. I just feel it's a bit childish. Um, actually, like as if he's yeah, I don't know. It's just not very um, classy, I guess. Um, it, 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 I, I don't know. Um, anyone else though? I mean, Ed, we've not heard I, from you. I did, Oh, go ahead, Ed. No, Ben, let's hear from you. Uh, well, well, first thing, um, note to self, stop watching um, press conferences when during working hours because um, I can imagine <laughs> trying to get back to work and concentrate after that clangor. <laughs> it was pretty bloody difficult and my phone's blowing up with everybody texting me like, what the fuck's going on? I hope nobody oh, in your work also listens to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully they don't. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think I take a step back, and I, I, I disagree with with your analysis of AVB and dis- being disappointed. But you, you've got to remember, he did res- offer to resign two weeks before that, um, and I think that this was an excuse for him to do it properly. And the and because they, the club had refused it the first time round. I think he felt that the only way to, to make it effective was to take that dig, clarify it publicly, and put the club in a position where they had no choice but to accept it. Um, not, not great, I agree, but he just his position had become untenable. Um, I don't buy that. Let him go. The, if he resigned two weeks ago, I, I, I don't know the law, right, as you have discussed it, but... Surely they're not forcing him to go back to work. Like if he really didn't know what to be there, he could have just well, no, put club, himself in gardeners' leave or something. It. I don't know. The club confirmed they'd refused to accept his offer of resignation, and they were confident he would turn it around. They, sounds they like slavery. That sounds like slavery to me. I, I don't more than, I don't understand well, how you no, could, how you could just, be made you know, to go to work if you don't want to work there anymore. Agreed to continue. They had a conversation, agreed to continue. But yeah, I think I was gonna say it's, it's a conversation, and and I agree with what you say, Ben. I just think doing it in public is a way to make sure that you look good, regardless of the club. And I and I understand oh, oh, cool. that maybe he was trying to make a statement to make sure that the club doesn't have a choice. But have a Giga Hero only then, or at Longoria only. Don't bring in Encham and. I think he Radunic. yeah he did apologise afterwards. Apparently there was a clarification that. Apparently, after the meeting, he did meet and Cham and apologised if he, you know, if he felt personally to dig that that it wasn't against him, it was against the circumstances of his arrival. But anyway, you know, that's, that's probably all just posturing. And uh, yes, as you say, we know he's an intelligent communicator. He, you know, he, he's surfing on the the unpopularity of of Ill's methods and his way of doing things to, you know, to save face and, and exit with his head held high, in theory. And I think majority of the fans, you know, I, I, I can embrace that because, yes, he, you know, it's easy for him to do. But at the same time, we, we all want it all gone. And him taking a dig at him publicly like that contributes to the fight, hopefully. Well, so not the fight, the struggle, should I say. Fight's the wrong word to use in the, in the, in the context of what's happened. But um, I, I just think, you know, just to summarise, I'm not disappointed that he's gone. Um, and this is, uh, you know, credit to him. 
Um, on the contrary, of Rudy Gata, who didn't have the balls to walk away from, from 10 million quid um, and, and didn't have the balls to admit he couldn't turn it around. AVB has recognised he wasn't going to, it wasn't going to get better. He couldn't do anything more with the squads. He's, he's leaving, you know, he's leaving the position to someone else. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll retain respect for him for that point. And I think he never, never lied and never, never sort of was dishonest with, with us, the fans. Um, it's just, again, I'm not disappointed that he's leaving. I'm disappointed by the circus that it's attracted because if we'd have let him go two weeks ago, we could have maybe got someone in and said, there's 10 days of Mercato left. You know, who do you want? Do you have any players in mind? We can try and sign them. Um, and the fact that the club have shot themselves in the foot by refusing it the first time, knowing that it, it 90% chance was if he's offered to resign, he's already gone and the players have, will have lost all respect and credibility for him. It just feels, it's just bad, bad management. It's just ridiculous that we've, we've, we've worked ourselves into this position and, and even more so because you can't sign a temporary caretaker coach in France. You have to sign a minimum of 18-month contracts with a new coach. So the club knows that they're, they're fucked. They can't get anyone good in who's, who won't want to come, you know, already probably has reservations about coming halfway through the season, but also can't make signings. So I, I just that is the one thing that irks me the most and that I, I stick with on, on my analysis of this is we should have let him go when he offered to work the first time and it would have avoided this complete meltdown and clusterfuck of a press conference and situation. Well, that would be uh, too sensible for this club, though, wouldn't it? Mm, yes. <laughs> Probably. Ed, what yes. you? Right, now, now, Here we go. Now, now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. Um, well, to put it mildly, AVB brought an AK-47 to a press conference. He then decided to start firing it at Herod. Uh, it's a... You have to laugh. You, you can't... If you cry too much, you'd be crying every day thinking about this club and how much of a nightmare it's been the past few weeks. The, the press conference, I think we'll all look back on in five years and we'll all be sitting there in our armchairs laughing our heads off over a few glasses of pastis. Um, it was chaos. Uh, the fact he was even said, I don't want this player. I don't think he's in the right position. I don't want him. Let me go. It's, it's something you'd find in a comedy. The fact is, there was no replacement for Morgan Stansel. Oliver Nitschen would not be able to do it. I got told by a Celtic supporting friend of mine that he is lazy and he's inconsistent. Not good signs what you want to hear before a player arrives at a club. But informing your manager that a player has gone via text message is disgraceful. It, it's not. You, if it was non-league level, you'd say, oh, well, they've been uh, technologically advanced. Well done then. For goodness sake, this is a club that was once that was in the Champions League. What, what are you playing at? I don't blame AVB for resigning. I think it was a... I think he, he, he looked fed up every day he was there. Ever since the first two Champions League defeat, he did not look like he wanted to be there. He looked like he wanted to run off to Mars. So it was inevitable he was going to go, but he should have gone, should have been accepted two weeks ago, said... I want to go. I don't want to be here anymore. Errors has said, okay, we don't really want you to resign, but we understand and accept your decision. Here's your compensation. Goodbye. Thank you for all you've done to the club. You've been great over the past year and a half. But no, we hammer this out over a week and a half. 
They come round, transfer window is gone. And then we get a player that ADB doesn't want. He's already jacked off. He already looks like he wants to start hitting the club's dressing rooms with baseball bats. And then he turns up and says, well, I've had it. I don't blame him. But the fact is, if, we'd, if he was designed two weeks ago, we would have got another coach. We would have not been, we would not been scrounging around for scraps of coaches who've been out of the game for a year or two and have done nothing since. I mean, we're after Jorge Zampoli, who, bearing in mind, his last top job was in Argentina and he flopped massively. He nearly didn't take them to the World Cup. So this is really now our level. AVB was never perfect, but he never shied away from running his mouth off. Unlike Rudy Garcia, who hid, as Ben says, the same way as Michelle did, in the fact Michelle was this guy who was so incompetent he didn't even know where he was half the time. You know, it seems to me that AVB's made the right choice. It's just unfortunate. It's more and more bad publicity uh, to the club. It's more publicity, and it turns us into, yet again, another laughingstock of European football. Don't you think the people in Paris, the people in Lyon, the people in Monaco, the people who hate this club, were not sitting there watching their television screens dying with laughter? That's the only thing I can think of. It's another laughingstock. This should have been sorted out after the press conference. Someone should have said to AVB, look, we know you're thinking about it. We know you'll want to resign. Retract that. We'll do a statement, then you can resign. We're all sorted. No one gets hurt. The club's image doesn't get hurt. We won't have to delete every press conference because, let's face it, it won't be as embarrassing. But, no, we have the situation where he gets sacked, the club chucks away three million, which they might as well have just chucked in a fucking oven and just set a light. And now we've got this as another soap opera, which is not what the players need. This is the last thing they need. This is what this club does not need, a soap opera. Yeah, before I move on, actually, just I'll say very quickly what I was thinking. Um, I, I agree with what you're saying, Ben. Actually, um, Ed, sorry, is that I'm a bit concerned that we are starting to get a reputation of being a bit of a joke club <laughs> to the rest of the world because it's not just all the shit that's been happening in recent years. If we, like look at the circumstances when Bielsa left, and you know, and then before McCourt came in with the. When the fucking goat posters and stuff, like everyone must around the world must just think, Marcy, what the fuck is up with that club, right? I don't know. Um, anyway, but uh, uh, yeah, it's it's just it's a bit of a joke, isn't it? Um, just on AVB, I'm personally like, I'm kind of pleased he's gone, um, but I agree with what you're saying that it would have been better if he went two weeks ago and we might someone else might actually have wanted to do the job before they'd seen what's happened over the last week. So um, yeah, I mean we're fucked now. Um, but yeah, I, I I was ready for a managerial change. Um, the stuff about Encham is harsh for me personally. As I said, I I don't think we I wanted another Sanson profile anyway. I don't think Encham is maybe the profile that we wanted either, or not entirely. Um, I know there's doubts about his quality, as Ed said, or his attitude more, his consistency, which is what a lot of people have have said. I don't follow Celtic closely. I kind of lost interest in Celtic. I was never really a massive Celtic fan, but I come from um, a Celtic supporting background, we should say. Um, and so I talked to a lot of people about him. Um, like my dad, for example, who's a Marseille fan and a Celtic fan, right? And he's insists that he's a good player. Um, and this is what I've, everyone's been telling me, is that he's a very good player, but he's not 
being used right and he's not motivated at Celtic and that's understandable that's what I'm getting told so that's understandable because he wanted to play at a higher level and Celtic are shit and have a really bad situation going on um, with their manager and, and the club in general so we might actually he might turn out to be a good player for us um, but what I do think is that if AVB was as you've said, like Jeremy, like maybe this is he used this as an excuse because personally, I feel that if AVB was confident in his coaching abilities, he could find a system to use the players that he's got at his disposal. There's, I don't believe you can't have a system with Cham and Kamara and whoever else in it to work, it's possible, but we might just have to play different from the same way that he plays every fucking week, you know, um, so maybe he's capable of that, maybe he isn't, but if he's not, then it's because he's not a good enough coach, as far as I'm concerned, so sometimes, you know, you have to make do with the resources that you've got, and the very best coaches can do that, um, so I don't, I'm not satisfied with that excuse, if, if that's his reason for, for, for wanting to go, um, but it's not obviously it's not his reason, but it's one of his reasons that he, that he used. Um, now, Ed's kind of touched upon new coaches, so we've been linked with loads of names. So we'll just very quickly just mention them, and I, I'll ask who you would like to get, I guess, and who you think we'll get. Um, so the names that have kind of come up, and there's a lot, right? But as, as there always is, so San Paoli, as Ed said, Sari, Benitez, Fav. I think all of them have been denied right um or refused said to have refused interest or whatever but those are the names a few others as well going around like Jardim or in Abel Ferreira I think it's another one lots of foreign coaches for once are not linked with Laurent Blanc (laughs) that's a change isn't it I think that's the first time that's ever happened in a long time but um yeah so I don't know if it's any of those names excite you who would you pick, and who do you think will get? Ed, do you want to go first? Because you um, asked a few things. I, I would take a sick bag. That's that's why I take as coach. I take a pile of sick. Because that's <laughs> what the club is like at the moment a pile of sick. Um, Sam Pauli might be just a good stopgap. Maybe Favre doesn't probably want to go. He's been managing. Uh, Erling Haaland and Jane Sancho as of recently. He doesn't really want to be going to manage Florian Turban and uh, Valentin Ronge. Uh, Sarri's openly said, I don't fancy it. Uh, you know, there's been other rumours. I think Gautier was rumoured. I think there's been all sorts of stuff. Go- no, not Gautier. Uh, Corby's, so according to Ben. Uh, you know, it, it, let's just get take Sam Pauli, see what happens, and if we crash and burn, we can get someone new. Let's just get this club sorted from the top. I don't think Kobis was actually linked. I think he was asked and he said that he would consider the offer. He said, I think he said 19 other clubs in Ligan um, offered him a job. He'd say no, but Marcy, he would always have to think twice. That's what I read. I don't, I don't think there was any genuine well, link, was it? Well, he right off. <laughs> <laughs> no... No, I wouldn't touch him with a flaming shit stick covered in shit. So who would you pick? <laughs> well, the, the best of the bad bench is Sampoli. I think he's, um, you know, Ed, Ed touched upon his, his 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 failures with Argentina, but you know, he, that that was never an easy job as as an Argentine. Everybody's failed in the last twenty five years. Um, 
you know, it, I, I won't judge him on international football because the squad was unbalanced and it, it, there were loads of issues off the field with, with the federation anyway. And it's just it, whatever. But Sevilla, he did a good job in Europe. Um, and and he's, he's a Bielsa disciple. At the very least, he will have those players sweating blood and running and, and fighting for every ball. And it's going to be a shock to the system for a lot of them. But guess what? I've been so lazy. I bet they've got loads of energy left in the tank for the rest of the season. And up to him to, to get it out of them. But I'd, I'd take him because at the very least, we'll see some attacking football. Um, and whoever it is, they mentioned Walter Mazzari this afternoon, for fuck's sake. Oh, um, uh, no, really? Exactly. Oh. So get get Sam Pauli in. He's the only one of those coaches who plays attacking football with Favre. Favre <clears throat> probably doesn't want to touch the club with barge pole. Sarri, probably the same. And that's why I will conclude with saying, whoever it is, I will have the utmost admiration for them because it's got to be brave or stupid to walk into this clusterfuck of a club right now with this ownership structure and, and it all is your boss. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yes, sir. Good luck to whoever it is. Jeremy, what about you? <laughs> I, I, uh, I agree with Ben. <laughs> I think whoever it is, it's like, uh, yeah, good, good luck. And I don't know why, I don't know why you would come to Marseille right now. There's nothing uh, appealing into coming into Marseille right now, except maybe, uh, yeah, I was thinking maybe Sari when he was approached, just because he liked Milik. That's the only thing that I could see. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess my my guest as good as any, right? Probably San Paoli. Uh, sounds like the best-minded person to come in. My, my main problem is um, anybody who's being nominated now is being nominated by Aero, and so then that can't be a good choice. Uh, unless Longoria works uh, rogue by himself, and we're going to touch it after, but unless Longoria knows that the club is about to be sold and he's doing the bidding of the next buyer. Um, but I don't, I don't understand how you can find a coach to finish the season, uh, that's going to be a good choice for the future right now. Unfortunately, we don't even have somebody in our youth squad that we know of name or that has the diploma, which is why Largue was on the on bench, uh, that could finish because uh, I didn't see anybody from AVB staff on the bench against Lance, so I'm assuming they're all uh, going with him. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, if, if Sampaoli wants to come after February so he can have uh, four months holiday in the south of France and uh, and talking talking uh, ham with Payet and and then stay there until the end of the season and then see what's going on. Sure, we'll take it, but at this stage, um, we'll be very lucky if we get to the fifth or the sixth spot. Um, so I don't even know if we can still have ambitions for the season. So to bring a coach in in that situation um, seems like almost dishonest. So well, I, I yeah. I'm a bit lost for what for it. Okay. Um, I'm not that keen on some palette because I think that um, one night I just can't imagine. His, I think he's not quite hot head, quite a, um, not hot headed, but quite a big character. I don't know if, if he would fit with um, Ejo. Um, and secondly, I think that he, as you said, Ben, you'll get them running. It's quite high intensity football. He's a Bielsa disciple, but is that going to work halfway into the season? Is that not the kind of guy you need in the summer to get the squad ready for that kind of football? And three, um, I don't think he's been doing very well recently. I understand that Atletico Minero fans all want rid of him and stuff. So um, 
and he did terrible at Argentina. But oh, Argentina is like a poison chalice, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm not sure about him. But none of the other names really either excite me or I just think they're so unrealistic. So Sari, I kind of thought... At first, I was like, man, I thought about it, and I was like, actually, do you know, Sari would be a good option for us. Then I, then I also th- thought about it more, and I was kind of thinking, actually, wait a minute, what about some of the players like Gaye and Kamara? I don't know if they would work in his system because he's he's never really liked um, proper defensive midfielders, has he? He's always kind of liked more of a sort of deep line play. And you know, so I think there's problems anyway with some appointments, um, with the, the whether or not they would work with the players that we've got. Um, I don't really know who I want. Maybe five. Sorry, I'd be happy with five. Maybe ah, fuck knows, man. But just anyone who's half decent, but and not someone shit like Mazzari, like Ben's just suggested. That's terrifying. Just, just, just think though, we are one manager away from a bare knuckle fight between Erud and the next manager of Olympique de Marseille in a press conference. Mm. That would be the comedy. Yeah, um, Mazzari would be another Michel, wouldn't he? Like that's the thing. Um, but yeah, so I, anyway, um, I, we've nearly out of time, so I think we better just quick fire these last few topics. Um, so the next one was the Mercato. I think we've probably already said a lot about Incham, but the other two moves were the departures of Ake to Juventus, which nobody saw coming, <laughs> and Radonich to Schalke. Um, are we pleased with those departures? Yeah, and was that a good thing uh, to the Mercato? I went to Hertha Berlin. Oh, I'm sure he did, didn't he? I, yeah, sorry. but actually, it's, it's fucking mystery. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I reckon, well, we know what's happened. It's a, it's a creative accounting thing because you you spread the cost and contracts of the of the new Italian guy over the four years instead of Akir's over 18 months. Um, but... And I'm I'm concerned because we I mentioned last time that quite a few of our moves have been similar in this window where we pay later. Um, and how the fuck are we going to afford this? Because he knows we're loans? getting sold. I haven't said it for weeks, yeah, haven't well, I? That I thought this might be coming. Really and that was before the rumours. I was saying surely all these loans um, must mean that maybe there's going to be a, a change of owner or something. And Let's they're going to so. come into money. Let's hope so. But um, it's... I just think it's. I'm, I'm going to judge. I wait to judge um, if and see if they're any good on the pitch. Not been very impressed with Lirola so far. He was he was dodgy last night. Um, but it, we'll see. New blood was needed. Um, let's see what happens. But uh, yeah, Aki has gone from being able to work for for Carrefour or Darty to to maybe being able to work for Fiat when it doesn't doesn't work, work out for him. So okay. step up for him in any case. Um, it's the most active we've been in January in a long time and arguably on paper it's one of the better Mercatos we've had at Marseille in the last 15 years so let's see Okay, has anyone else got any thoughts about those moves before we finish up on that subject if you don't that's fine yeah no I agree with what Ben said <clears throat> okay, I'm not hearing from anyone, so I think we'll just move on. Um, Lance, we played Lance last night. Um, I mean, this was a bit of a non-game, so I don't think there's a lot to say. Um, in that we went into this game with um, our youth team manager Nasser Larkey coaching the team. A lot of players missing in midfield. Um, we weren't very good, to be honest. We were. I, I, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but I thought we were outplayed for most of the game. But we had a, a few some little moments in the 
late in the first half in particular where we played, had some nice link-up play up front. And some moments that actually, I think, were the reason why that we were 2-0 up at half-time, although um, the game ended 2-2. Um, personally, I would say that we were probably lucky to go, get away with a point. I don't know. Has anyone else got any thoughts on that game? Anything you liked that you saw or anything that you didn't? I think, yeah, I think the the reason why we scored goal as well is Lance made so many mistakes defensively. Like within the first 15 minutes, they had given us the ball five times already. Uh, once the keeper, twice the defender. Uh, so I think we got sort of lucky. The first goal comes from something like that as well. We had ball in the middle of the pitch. Uh, but yeah, I think everyone came in that game like without any expectation. Um, with just like we were almost probably even surprised that we were playing a game with all that happened during the week uh, and I think if, if anything you know if because the results are important I like I just regret that Toven wasn't able to put that ball in early in the second half when uh, when Milik gave him the ball instead of trying to shoot himself uh, because he would have been 3-1 up and then maybe we could have gotten three points because you know despite everything that's happening um, we need to get points I think Lance is one of the um, like most like best team-ish in Ligue 1 right now, at least uh, in the way they play football because they try to turn the ball around. Uh, but they are technically weak in a lot of areas, uh, as they showed yesterday, and we just weren't able to uh, to take advantage of it. Then the way they scored, I think defensively we could be better. I think the first goal of Lance is like a bit of lucky that there's 15 deflections in one cross. Uh, and then Sotoka scores uh, with, with like the, the very, very outside of his boot. Uh, so I think also we don't, we were um, dominated for most of the game, and then we don't have the luck that we've had at the beginning of the season. But like we said, it's it was coming. I was happy about how Milik played, to be honest. Just just you can see that the way he moves and where he goes in the box, uh, he looks like a striker. Uh, but also, I was thinking when I saw the team playing that Benedetto must be fuming that for the whole time that he's played, he was never given the... Um, the formation of a 4-4-2 with two midfields uh, in the middle and then Payet on one side, Tove on the other side and himself with Germain up front at the beginning at the starting lineup. And then Milik on his first starting appearances has all that around him. Uh, so I, was, I had a bit of a, of a start for uh, for Benedetto who's I'm sure wanted that for a while and Germain as well who's wanted that for a while. And then he takes a, a striker like Milik to do that when he comes in. Okay. Um, anyone else? I was pleased with Milic's performance. Uh, I think he played really well for his first game. Considering the, the week's events, I thought he was our star performer. Well, whatever well, performance that there were. But again, it's a real summary of our season where we have a two-goal lead and we threw, threw it away again. This is, for, can't you hold on? Can't you just say, right, we're two goals up, part of the bus, we're going to get these three points, easy done. The fact is, you cannot concede two goals when you're 2-0 up in the first half. That's criminal. It's criminal defending. You, 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 where, where was Payet last night? Was Payet you know, on the coach again? Um, I have to also question why did Milic square it to Turban? Just why? You, you have a chance to get a second. You have a chance to finish the game and you square it. Come on, man. Just, I know you're trying to be a good teammate, but just finish it. Get the job done. Get a get the goal, get the three points, get us out of there. Didn't happen. I also have to question the interim coach's choice of taking uh, minutes off for, for Benedetto. Benedetto's way out of form. Even Germain would have been a better substitute. 
uh, last night. Well, so, uh, well, Germain was was started the game and Milik Milik oh, asked oh, to come oh, up. Crap, Milik sorry. asked to come up. So Ed. All oh, right. Okay. Fair enough. I'll take old man's up. But it was a very confusing performance. So Milik, you're forgiven Milik because Germain, you, you you barely notice he's actually playing, even when he's actually putting in a good <laughs> shift of hard work, you know, because he doesn't do anything that's like, you know, particularly eye catching. But um, you know, he did net set up the goal, didn't he? Like, but uh, one of the goals was his header, if mm. I remember. Yeah, but, but Alvaro got two assists. <laughs> um, was that right? I, was, I was wondering if it was Alvaro Gonzalez or Lutre Gonzalez in the two that points in the first half. <laughs> no, but look, yeah, echo the sentiments. I'll, I'll be brief. Milik, um, it's great to see a striker that is actually in the box. Um, but Benedetto started like this when he arrived, and then as as it went on, it got chipped away because, as Jeremy said, you know, they, they he was starved of service, and, and the team started playing lower, and he, he had to drop back a lot to get the ball. So. Hopefully, this is the next coach brings that intent of enabling him to stay in front of the box where he's dangerous because clearly he he is a striker. Um, I'd I love his physicality as well. I think we've lacked that since Gummies. Um, he even though he you know he got done for fouling the keeper and stuff. He he's not afraid to to get in there and get stuck in. And I think it's going to be quite interesting against PSG to see how he does against Marquinhos, but. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting us to be 2 0 at half time. I think Camara played really well in the first half as well. But clearly, this squad, we've seen it too often now recently. What the fuck happens at half time? What do they do at half time? What do they say to each other? I mean, every, every second half has been biased lately, and, and noticeably, the first 50 minutes of second half, where we concede against Lance at, at home. Um, and we could see two to Monaco within 10 minutes of coming back on the pitch. And it's uh, like... They clearly only train for 45-minute games. Well, see, yeah, but mentally, the, the concentration, the positioning, everything goes out the window. Um, and it's, it, it, that, that, is, that is something that needs to be fixed um, big time. And then again, Payet, where was he? Uh, fucking absolutely useless. He was the worst player on the pitch. His positioning was weird. He was missing his passes. Um, I just, his corners and everything were, were off. <sighs> fed up. Just fed up with seeing him on the pitch now. Mm. Yeah, I know, what, I know what they were doing first half. They were actually getting Payet's phone and ordering some food off Uber Eats for the ga- after the game. Uh, considering, that's what they, considering that's what Dimitri likes these days. He likes his cheeseburgers. Maybe he has them at half time. The only explanation. Yes, I'm. Do you know what Thomas said didn't he, in the group yesterday that he thinks maybe there's a fitness issue, and why we lose so many goals in the second half. Uh, who knows? But I mean, like we've said before, that there's been lots of talk, not just this season, but in previous seasons. It's a long-term issue. If it's true that there's not a lot of training going on at the club, even Lopez talked about it when he left for um, Italy that they train a lot harder where he is now than what they do at Marseille so there, maybe there is something there um, so what's what's the scores for PSG next then what you're predicting what, just just give me a score I'm going dire 5-0 PSG <laughs> I 
<laughs> I was going to say 3-0 and I thought that was beat, but 5-0 is harsh. Uh, Ed, I'm, I'll say <laughs> I'll say 3-2 for PSG. Uh, 3-1, I think, for PSG, sadly. 4-0 PSG for me, I think. <laughs> okay, so last, I think we can probably squeeze in a couple of minutes right about this before we, we stop. So it comes up like probably about every two months in the podcast, but because that's how it is, isn't it? But um, yeah, so we've, there's been a whole, not a like, huge amount, but there's been some new rumours about a potential sale. So um, re- reported negotiations with, I think, two um, groups from the Middle East, isn't it? And, and, and one we've been... Um, which has been named, which is, or I don't know if that's separate from the two groups in the Middle East, or a, or or that's one of the two. But one um, links that's been named is um, this long-term interest from Saudi Prince Tal Al Walid. I'm sorry if I get his name mixed up. Um, and supposedly we've been told that this time this interest may actually be genuine. Um, it's been reported by a number of journalists. I know Thibaut. Uh, Vizirian is always talking about stuff and nobody believes anything he says anymore but other a few a couple other journalists have picked it up um, so yeah I don't know the, the, a lot of suggestions that there, there might actually be something there even Fabrice Abriel former Marseille player was quoted the other day saying he's a, he knows somehow I don't really know how but he knows that they're in negotiations but I say oh, yeah various people are saying things um, ben, you were saying, weren't you, but, but Jalal has just said some stuff on an RMC. So, yeah, I don't know. Has anyone got any thoughts, in, any detail about what's going on and how likely they think it is that we might actually get rid of McCourt and Eho and um, be saved from, um, as <laughs> La Provence said, um, called us the other day, Apocalypse OM? I, I, well, the problem is, is those sources are, are, are just not credible, are they? Vizillon, maybe to some extent, I don't know. Um, I think a lot of these people are going to crawl out the woodwork if and when it happens. They told you so, and it'll be like, yeah, but you were, you know, eighteen months too early, mate, and you, you know, you probably didn't know anything at the time. <laughs> if you keep seeing um, it, it'll probably come probably, true, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Bujelal is, 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 a, is a, it's just a bizarre one because he's he's fucked us over big time by promising the world and not delivering on it and making a fool of himself and, and, and the club and being involved with, with the dodgiest person since Jack Kashkar, which is that Mohamed Ajroudi guy. Um, and and you, you take it, I, I tend to believe that he's telling the truth when he says he knows something's going on because he was, you know, he did try. I do believe they genuinely did try and, and expressed an interest in buying the club and therefore... He, he's in the know about potential people that are trying to do it now. Whether it's as far along as he says it is and, and, and the facts about who it is are true, I don't have a clue. And I tend to, to, to lean towards not trusting the, the, the prick because he's just, you know, he's, he's parading in the media. Hopefully it's true. Uh, the two things that have come to light, well, yesterday and today, the the, Miri of, uh, the, the mayor of Marseille, the interim mayor of Marseille, wants to sell the velodrome. Um, so that is convenient timing. And also the TV rights for the rest of the season finally got sorted with Canal Plus swooping in. Um, and, I, you know, if Canal Plus have, have come in, even though there was a the, the situation where there were no bidders earlier in the week for the 
the, the lots that MediaPro have given up, then uh, I don't see Kenel Poutas to the way they've postured and deliberately, um, you know, screwed over the LFP to sort of get revenge for them going with MediaPro in the first place. I, I don't think they would come in and swoop and take the rights now if there wasn't a sort of gentleman's agreement or, or negotiations on going for the rest of the package for the rest of the four-year term. So they are two obstacles that seemingly have been removed. They were the biggest obstacles, if people are to, are be, are to be believed, in, in the sale of the club. Um, but we, McCourt, it doesn't know how to run clubs. He doesn't know how to, to make them profitable, but he knows how to sell them. Um, and he won't sell it on the cheap and he'll play hardball and this is going to drag on for a while, I think. Can I just say that um, we should be careful what we wish for because, um, as you've already pointed out, that we do have a tendency to attract absolute space cadets, you know, between Adrudi and Kashkar, that you just sort of wonder who <laughs> would buy Marseille, like probably Del Boy from all the films and horses. Um, <laughs> you we're just going to get some wheeler dealer geezer guy in it. Uh, um, so, yeah, we, we, we do need to be careful what we wish for because we could end up with something even worse. But I don't know, right now it feels like it's, it couldn't be any worse, but it probably could. Um, yeah. Anyone else, guys? What do you think about this? Yeah, I think you can. I think you can always be worth your right, uh, Stefan. But I think, uh, yeah, Ben's right, and he's pointing out the right sort of fact, like the stars are aligning. You know, if the stadium is for sale, it's more interesting for somebody who wants to buy the club to try and uh, strike a deal with uh, OM and uh, and Marseille <clears throat> as, as a city. And also, the TV rights are sorted now. And and I think, lastly, and um, I don't know if it means that we look at Eero differently in the future, uh, but what Eero seems to be doing with the fans and supporters looks a lot like what Le Pro did with the PSG supporters before um, before the Qatari came. You know, he's I think it was it was definitely a different problem in Paris because we're looking at uh, a group of fans that were um, genuinely racist and trying to like go on a fight with everyone and insulting each other and, um, as I said on the podcast, unfortunately, uh, killing each other at one point. Um, but I think I think that's what Ero is sort of trying to do. I think Marseille has a reputation that whoever is the owner, they can only be as strong as the supporters because the supporters can basically put any coach or any president down uh, with only their, only their willpower. And I think maybe Ero's great... You know, in the great scheme of things, maybe Eero's goal was to try and undermine the supporters' power to make it easier to sell to something like a Saudi consortium or something like that. But uh, yeah, it does. There's a lot of there's a lot of vectors that seems to point out towards a sale. Uh, obviously, there's the fact that Macor um, probably needs to get some money back from his investment and knows that he might not get any money back if he stays there too long. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. I don't have any hope in it happening. Um, and if it happens, I think we'll see that all those, um, I guess, circumstances maybe were part of a bigger plan. Maybe it was just things that happened that led to a sale. Ed, I think you've got the last words before we we finish up. I don't think we'll get. Any, I don't think we'll get anyone great buying us. I think they'll see us as a, a cheap job where they'll just screw us out of every penny and then leave town. Um, I don't believe there is going to be a sale. I think McCourt's trying to hang on to the last minute because they know he knows he's going to he's screwed. You know they're not going to get this much profit because of the pandemic. I think always when it comes to a, a potential sale rumor, be cynical. 
uh, we always we heard sale rumours in the in the summer. We heard sale rumours uh, last couple, last two or three seasons. Don't believe everything. I think that's all I've got to say. I, I don't think we'll have be sold by 2021-2022 season. People saying like they're probably wise words, I'm afraid, but um, we can dream, you know. And what what is football if you can't dream? So um, let's just hope that even whether it's a sale or it's not a sale, and we were staying with court, let's just hope that something is about to get better. That something is, something's going to change. Um, and I think we'll leave it at that because um, we all need hope after the week that we've had So support this club. So, yeah, um, thanks very much, guys. Um, that was fun. Um, and thanks, everyone else, for listening as well. And don't forget to um, rate, review and subscribe to us on, on Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah. And, okay. and to Jeremy's uh, very, very good podcast about Liga in general. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for listening.